live. Um, so if people come in, I mean, they can, we, which is confirming we do have quorum, Itzel. Okay, cool. Um, you've started recording, so I can begin. I call this meeting to order at 5.06 p.m. Staff, can you please take a roll call? Yes, Commissioner Tanaka. Present. Commissioner Alioto Pierre. Present. Commissioner Foley. Yeah, terribly sorry. I had trouble finding the link. No worries. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm taking attendance. If you could please say present. Present. Thank you. Commissioner Shu. Present. Commissioner Osvaugh. Here. Commissioner Listana. Commissioner Listana says here via the chat. Commissioner Zhang. Present. And I just got a message from Commissioner Fret who says that they will not be able to attend today's meeting, so they will be absent. Uh, Commissioner Oyagata. Not present. Commissioner Pimentel. Um, present. Commissioner Wynn. Here. Commissioner Shaw. Present. Commissioner Hum. Present. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Present. Commissioner Katubig. Present. Commissioner Santos. Here. And Commissioner Love. All right, Commissioner Love is not present. Um, okay, so Chair Zhang, we have Commissioner Fret who has confirmed their absence for today. Um, they just said that they were out of town and forgot to give notice uh, earlier. And uh, I haven't heard from Commissioner Oyagata or Commissioner Love. Oh, Commissioner Oyagata is joining. Yeah, so you could choose to excuse or not excuse Commissioner Fretz's absence. Um, or you can come back to it to see if Commissioner Love will come back and then you all can excuse both Love and Fretz altogether or the commission can decide to not approve or excuse them at all. Okay, thank you for the roll call and for the clarification. Um, do we need any discussion on this? Seeing none. Um, is there any public comment on Commissioner Fred's absence? Okay. Um, is there any public comment on Commissioner Love's absence? Seeing none, do we have any motions to excuse or unexcuse um, these absences? Commissioner Fred, 
Commissioner Katubig, motion to excuse their absences. Commissioner Foley, seconded. Okay, thank you. Um, Commissioner Katubig motions to excuse Commissioner Fret and Love's absences, um, seconded by Commissioner Foley. We are now going to take this by a roll call vote. Staff, can you please take a roll call vote? Um, yes, so roll call vote for Commissioner Love and Commissioner Fred's absence, beginning with Commissioner Tanaka. Aye. Commissioner Alioto Pierre. Aye. Commissioner Foley. Aye. Commissioner Shu. Aye. Commissioner Oswald. Nay. Commissioner Listana. Commissioner Listana says I via the chat. Commissioner Zhang. Nay. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel. Um, aye. Commissioner Wynn. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Hum. Nay. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Katubig. Aye. Commissioner Santos. No. Oops. Um, all right, give me a moment. I think the motion passed, but I want to be sure. So with 11 A's and, or I's <laughs> and one, two, four nays, the motion passes. Thank you, staff. Um, this item has now passed. So can you please call item two? Yeah, item two is approval of the agenda. This is also an action item. Right, okay. So commissioners take this time to look over today's agenda. Um, as a reminder to schedule any items on the agenda, please connect with either staff or a member of exec to agendize an item. Um, is there any public comment on this item for the agenda? Seeing none, public comment is now closed. Is there a motion on the table to approve the agenda? Motion to approve. Commissioner, one second. Commissioner Barker Plummer motions to approve the agenda, seconded by Commissioner Wynn. Um, staff, can we please take a roll call vote? Uh, yes, Commissioner Tanaka. Aye. Commissioner Alioto Pierre. Aye. Commissioner Foley. Aye. Commissioner Shu. Aye. Commissioner Asfa. Aye. Commissioner Listana says aye via the chat. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner Wynn. 
Aye. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Kutubig. Aye. Commissioner Santos. Aye. Alrighty, the motion passes. Thank you, staff. Can you please call item three? Yes, item three is approval of the minutes. This is an action item. Please see document A for the February 7th, 2022 minutes. Great, so this is the time to review the minutes from the February 7th meeting. As a reminder, the expectation is that we look over to the, we look over these prior to our meeting. Um, is there any public comment on our minutes from February 7th? See no public comment, public comment is now closed. Is there a motion on this item? Commissioner Shaw, motion to approve the minutes. Tanaka. Commissioner Shaw motions to approve the minutes seconded by Commissioner Tanaka. Staff, can we please take a roll call vote? Yes, Commissioner Tanaka. Aye. Commissioner Alieto Pierre. Aye. Commissioner Foley. Aye. Thank you, Commissioner Shu. Aye. Commissioner Oswald. Aye. Commissioner Listana. Aye via the chat. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Fret is absent. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner Wynn. Aye. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Katubig. Aye. And Commissioner Santos. Aye. All right, the motion passes. Thank you, staff. Can you please call item four? Yes, item number four is public comment on items that are not on the agenda. This is a reminder to the public that you have two minutes per public comment. Are there any members of the public who wish to share public comment? Seeing none, public comment is now closed. Staff, can you please call item five? Yes, item number five is presentations. All items to follow are discussion and possible action. Um, item 5A is inform and discussion. This is city budget training and community advocacy. As a presenter, we have Matthias M from the Budget Justice Coalition, who is an organizer there. Um, thank you, Matthias, for joining us. And please feel free to screen share or do whatever it is you need to do. Hi, welcome. Thank you for um, having me uh, at this Youth Commission meeting. I'm very excited to present um, to you about the city budget. Um, I'll share some basic information uh, to uh, as you start um, developing priorities for the Youth Commission and hopefully um, you know, can be a resource as well as the Budget Justice Coalition uh, for all of you doing really um, this important work. So I'm going to start uh, with a couple of sentences about me and the Budget Justice Coalition. Uh, my name is Matias. I'm uh, one of the three co-chairs of the Budget Justice Coalition. 
Um, and I work for my day job at Chinatown Community Development Center. Uh, I'm the director of policy over there. Uh, and I've been doing budget advocacy for almost 15 years now. Um, the Budget Justice Coalition is really, we see ourselves as a coalition of coalitions. Uh, there's uh, 42 groups, networks, uh, coalitions themselves that are members of uh, the Budget Justice Coalition, and we uh, really try to make the budget, San Francisco's budget, more transparent, more equitable, uh, and more accessible, uh, because I think that, uh, as Reverend Martin Luther King tells us, um, you know, budgets are moral documents. Uh, the city budget is the most important policy document uh, that the city produces every year. Um, you know, you can write ordinances, you can write resolutions and motions, but at the end of the day, it is uh, where you put your money uh, that really signifies and symbolizes what um, you are gonna do for the city. Um, I'm gonna screen share a couple of slides. I won't bore you to death with PowerPoint, um, but I've been told that it's sometimes helpful to um, kind of see um, some of these uh, things visually. So what we're going to talk about uh, in this 10-15 minute presentation and leaving time for uh, questions is uh, the budget building blocks, really like how big is the budget, what happens. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about who has budget power uh, when, um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what the budget justice uh, coalition does and kind of uh, if you want to stay involved uh, and learn more about uh, the city budget or uh, how you as youth commissioners can also uh, participate in um, the budget discussions that are going to follow in the next couple of months. So let me stop sharing for a second and go back to uh, really thinking about um, what what, how big the city budget is. Um, San Francisco has a pretty large city budget. The city budget is $13 billion, would it be 81 million and about $700,000. So trying to give you a sense of scale, uh, that used to be when I started doing budget advocacy about $6 billion. So it has grown exponentially over the last decade. Um, it is also roughly double the size of the city budget of the city of Philadelphia, which happens to be about two times the size of San Francisco. So um, I think if you remember one thing from this presentation today or you know 10 years from now uh, don't let anybody tell you that there isn't money in san francisco to do things uh, 13 billion dollar budget is a huge huge budget and there is money to think creatively to do things creatively and to have an impact on the issues that you all care about the other thing to know for the first time in um the 15 years I've been doing budget advocacy, but going back uh, a lot longer, um, this is the first time the city projects a surplus uh, in its city budget um, for the first time since 1986. So the city um, 
like the state has to have a balanced budget um, and we can't as the federal government does issue debt so we have to spend the money we have but the way we do budget is you know uh, we look at how much money is coming in uh, every three months roughly um, and then we project, hey, are we spending more money than the money we're bringing in? Or are we um, you know, bringing in more money than the money we spend? Well, for the first time in uh, three decades about, um, we are bringing in more money than uh, we are spending. This is um, driven principally by actually the money we bring in uh, and also uh, the time we are struggling and this time we're struggling to hire and maintain um, people uh, in city jobs. The other thing that impacts this is uh, not to get into too much of the weeds, but um, the city pension system works so that if the city pension, which is an investment fund. So if the stock market goes well, then our city pension fund goes well. And then the city doesn't have to put in more money in, in folks' pension because the fund is doing well. Now, as you probably know, the last couple of years, uh, the stock market has done pretty well for itself. And so um, the money we usually have to put in when the stock market doesn't do well um, we don't have to put in this year. Uh, and we don't project to have to put in that in the next two and a half years. Um, so we are in a surplus for the first time ever, or the first time since 1989. Um, that said, $13 billion seems like a lot, a lot of money, but we can't actually decide how to spend $13 billion. That's because of two main reasons. Um, and we'll look at it visually in a second. The first one is about half of San Francisco's budget is comprised of enterprise departments. You'll see that as you start digging into the city budget, um, you know, the city, um, as opposed to other cities, and that's in part why the budget is so large, the city runs an airport, the city runs a port, the city runs the Public Utilities Commission, so a water department, a clean energy department. Um, the city uh, also runs the Department of Building Inspection. So the city really uh, does a bunch of things that other uh, departments or other cities don't do. And it's important to think about that because these enterprises, these departments really work like their own little piggy bank. Um, every time an airline lands at San Francisco International Airport, they pay uh, the airport a landing fee. But that landing fee can't be used to support, I don't know, like food programs uh, in neighborhoods. It can only be used within the San Francisco International Airport. So it can be used for um, the staff that work there, it can be used for uh, the building and the utilities of the building. So each one of these enterprise departments is its own little piggy bank. So we have 13 billion, we can take half of that out. That's about six and a half billion. That's still a lot of money to decide and to make decisions about. The second thing that's 
special about San Francisco is um, set-asides. So set-asides are ballot measures that the city uh, and city voters have passed over the last um, 25 years and have dedicated funding for certain things. Maybe some of them we like and we support, uh, like more money for libraries or for homeless services, maybe some others we don't care about so much, but the city of San Francisco has a, a real passion for these set-asides. Uh, we have currently about 20 different set-aside and baseline requirements. So uh, how does that compare in terms of California? The city of LA uh, has two. The city of San Diego uh, has one, um, and the biggest city in the Bay Area, San Jose, has none. So having 20 is really a huge impact on how we can decide to budget and how you can think about the priorities that need to be funded. So that represents about 14% of the city's budget. So if you think about it, we have 50% that goes into enterprise apartment. We have another 14% that goes into, um, into set-asides. And so you have roughly a, a little over a third of that $13 billion. Um, so a little, over, a little under $4 billion that are actually what politicians call your tax dollars at work. So that is $4 billion that we can invest, $4.5 billion that we can invest in any way that you guys and that the city and the board of supervisor chooses. So every year, the budget fight is actually fought around not $13 billion, uh, but about $4.5 billion. There, you can decide to defund the San Francisco Police Department. There you can decide to fund more mental health services. There you can decide to uh, fund more maybe job programs for young people. So that is still a huge, huge amount of money. As we were saying earlier, that's almost the full budget. The full budget of the city of Philadelphia is 5.1 billion. So you're almost, you almost have the same amount of discretionary spending that the whole city of Philadelphia has. How does, and so I'm gonna show you a pie chart just so hopefully it helps a little bit with uh, visuals. And so as you see, 50% goes to enterprise apartment, 14 to set aside, that leaves 36% to the general fund. And to give you a sense, I mean, I think there's been a lot of reflection about kind of the concept of what represents um, kind of like public safety. And so 31%, uh, one department, the San Francisco Police Department accounts for 5% of San Francisco's total budget and actually represents a little under 20% of our discretionary budget. So think about kind of when you think about how we can invest and how we can think about investing, kind of like think about the whole slice of the pie, four and a half billion dollars and think about which departments represent
kind of the biggest slice of the pie. This, uh, let me stop here, see if there's any question from commissioners, and then I'm gonna talk a little bit and quickly about who has budget power and how does it work in San Francisco, which is also a little special. I have a quick question just for clarification. Um, so you said that San Francisco's like discretionary budget is about four-ish billion, whereas Philadelphia's entire budget is like five billion. What is what would be the comparison from San Francisco's discretionary to Philadelphia's discretionary budget? Just I believe I believe about two-thirds of that budget. So the Philadelphia would be about three and a half billion dollars in discretionary. Um, so we're still we're still larger than the discretionary amount uh, of the city of Philadelphia. Okay, is that because of a particular reason? Like, yeah, it just seems odd. Yeah, it's part of a couple of things. One is. Um, Cal, the way California um, has limited certain times, certain types of taxes uh, makes the cities very dependent on other types of taxes. And like just to very high level, uh, California, the California Constitution doesn't allow a wealth tax. So, you know, you, you, you might read in, in political ads like tax millionaires and billionaires can't really do that in, in California. Um, and so cities rely on many other forms of taxation. And at the local level, what that means is uh, mostly actually taxing businesses and taxing, um, taxing hotel stays, taxing um, transaction of buildings. So if a big, say the, our friend, uh, Mark Benioff decides to sell his giant Salesforce tower to maybe some other billionaire, that would bring in a lot of money because the city charges on that transaction. So the reason is, I think also that honestly, voters in California have been more supportive of taxes uh, than in other states. And so since the 1980s and kind of the, the Reagan revolution and when Republicans were in charge, um, you know, even though there's been other times since then where Republicans have been in charge in California, there's been a general sense of taxation having an easier time to pass um, in, in California and in San Francisco in particular. Got it. Thank you for answering my question. Commissioner Barker Plummer. I'm wondering, I know you said one of the reasons that SF um, has such a large budget compared to a similar size Philadelphia, which I also believe is both a city and a county. I might be wrong about that, but that's why it's like important to compare those two as opposed to just another city. Um, do you know if Philadelphia is running the same sort of services, if they are running Philadelphia airport and ports and other services or is that, does SF do it to a greater extent? SF does it to a greater extent. So um, there is certainly no, uh, okay, I'm like my US geography is uh, somewhat poor, but I'm pretty sure there's no port in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I could be wrong on that. 
um, so somebody correct me. Uh, but um, I, I did double check on the airport and the airport is a, a, a public-private partnership. So that is not part of the city budget. But you know, Commissioner Zhang was asking earlier, it's like, hey, so how does it compare in terms of like, um, in terms of discretionary spending? And it's still kind of in line, San Francisco's discretionary budget um, is still larger than um, the city, uh, of, uh, city and county of Philadelphia. So um, I think it's, it's kind of an interesting point of contrast. It does have a port, thanks. <laughs> See, like my Italian uh, knowledge of American geography, it's pretty poor, uh, but I knew that already. It's like on a river, so it's not a full on <laughs> port. You can, right. It's not San Francisco port size, so you can <laughs> take oh, comfort in that. <laughs> Thanks. Commissioner Wynn. Hi, yeah, um, I was wondering, could you talk more about what a public partnership is and what are some examples of public-private partnerships in San Francisco? Now, that's a great question. So, um, you know, the, the way the city has um, attempted public-private partnerships in San Francisco is mostly around, around development. Um, so you've seen um, a number of development projects uh, that have happened or that were approved by the Board of Supervisors over the last decade that haven't actually happened yet, but are starting uh, to happen that could be described as uh, public-private partnership. Although in reality, you know, if you think about a venture like the airport uh, in, in many uh, American cities, um, they're slightly different, but if you think at the development of the uh, parking lot at the City College uh, Ocean Campus, uh, for example, where uh, the land was owned by the Public Utilities Commission and the, the land was uh, basically uh, deeded, uh, in a sense, to the developer of that project in exchange for higher levels of affordability, for uh, more public benefits like a park, a childcare center, I think in that case, uh, those are kind of what mostly happens in terms of public-private partnerships in San Francisco. Uh, in other cities, uh, you can have, uh, you know, private prisons, you can have really things that are maybe much more objectionable um, than development deals. But in another example that may be not totally super relevant to you guys, but you know, a, a six or seven years ago, San Francisco hosted a big uh, boating event called the America's Cup. Uh, that was also a public-private partnership in which um, the, the owner of Oracle, Larry Ellison, um, who was the organizer of this boat race, uh, went to the city and said, hey, I'm going to bring it to San Francisco. What kind of things, goodies can you give me? I'm bringing this, this big boat race that's going to bring a lot of tourism uh, to you. Uh, and so there was some agreements and some contracts that were established. Um, so think about kind of 
those are some of the public-private partnerships that can occur. So either a development project where the city has a either a stake, uh, and that usually is land, or um, it can be uh, kind of a, a need that the city has um, that it can choose to participate in. So for example, in San Francisco, our garbage service is uh, privatized. Um, and so the we don't have a public-private partnership, but that could be uh, you know, that could be an example. Other cities, uh, certainly uh, the folks that collect garbage, uh, maybe city employees. Um, and yeah, and lastly, like big events like Olympics, the America's Cup, much smaller. But those are some examples. Thank you. Okay, so I'm gonna go over a, the budget timeline um, and then kind of explain a little bit about the budget power and who has it and when. And I will go back to you guys' questions. Okay, so San Francisco has this interesting thing. Um, that is called a fiscal year. A lot of company uh, have a fiscal year. Some companies in some cities start their fiscal year on January 1st. Uh, San Francisco starts its fiscal year on July 1st. Um, so every year when you hear uh, people talk about the budget, they may sometimes talk about the 22 or 2022 budget. They mean the 2022-2023 budget uh, because our um, our our city budget starts um, on July 1st and ends on June 30th. We also have this weird thing in which we approve two years worth of budget every year. So when you will see a presentation from the mayor's budget office, they'll tell you about their investments they're gonna make over the next two years. And then for those of you that might still stay involved next year, you'll see that we approve another budget, uh, another round of budget. So we have a two-year budget that always starts on July 1st and ends on June 30th, and we approve a new budget every year. So the budget is kind of an ongoing year-long, therefore, conversation. Um, every year around December, uh, the mayor, uh, issues something called the budget instructions. Um, it's pretty self-evident what they are. They're basically telling departments, hey, this is what our projections are looking at or looking like. So this is what we would like you to do when you work on your budget uh, presentation to the mayor's budget office. I should have started with, with kind of like the high level division of labor between the mayor and the board of supervisor. The executive branch has the power to spend money. The legislative branch has the power to allocate money. So the mayor can always choose not to spend money for a certain thing. The board of supervisor can always choose to remove funding from that certain thing. And then the mayor can't spend money on it. Um, that, though, means that in San Francisco, the mayor has um, a lot of power because 
of the charter and the charter says that the mayor has to present her uh, draft budget on June 1st. So if you think about, you know, July 1st, this is when, to, when the, the budget starts, while there's a little bit of wiggle room there, you know, you can really see that the mayor's budget and the mayor works on the budget for 10 months and the board of supervisors really works on the budget for about two months. Um, why is that? Because we have a, a strong mayor system in San Francisco. So the mayor issues budget instruction in December. And around this time, uh, you have commission meetings. So not only you guys are starting to dig into the budget, but if you were to go to the planning commission meeting a couple of weeks ago, you would have heard a presentation about the planning commission um, budget and the planning department's budget. Um, and so the planning department would have said, hey, we want to hire more people. We expect more people to file for permits. This is how our budget, uh, our departmental budget balances. Good to go. Public comment, like uh, youth commission meeting, and that's how it goes. We have, thanks to budget justice advocacy, uh, every single department now has to have two public meetings where they, they discuss their budget um, ideas first, and then their proposed budget second. So you can go to, um, I'm gonna butcher this because I always do, uh, but I'll look it up and then I'll put it in the chat. Um, but I think you can go to sf.gov slash issues slash budget, and then you can look uh, at a calendar for every department when the two public meetings are gonna happen. And that's required by law thanks to an ordinance that the Budget Justice Coalition uh, had worked on. Um, and then once these public meetings have uh, happened, we kind of know, okay, so we know what the planning department's budget is, we know what the you know, SFPD's budget is, we know what um, you know, the, the Board of Supervisors budget is, which includes the Youth Commission. And then between March and May, the mayor budget office makes adjustments. They look at, as we said, hey, is there a deficit? Is there a um, surplus? How should we invest this money? Uh, the budget instruction this year, for example, were keep your budgets the same as last year. So even though we have $100 million budget surplus, budgets were, or departments were told, don't spend more money than you did last year. So then the mayor's budget office gets to decide, hey, how do we invest this $100 million? So on June 1st or before, so if June 1st falls on a Sunday, the mayor has to present her budget on May 30th. Um, the mayor presents her draft budget. And you know it might seem like a big deal. Um, it's usually a speech and it's accompanied by three documents that are completely un incomprehensible to the public. One is called the Annual Appropriation Ordinance. It's a big pile of pages, about a hundred of them that are gonna say for each department, what the sources of money are and what the uses of money are. But if you're looking at like, hey, so what about that project the Rec and Park Department was doing, renovating the playground in front of you know, my friend's house, you're not gonna find it in there. It's not at that level of um, 
depth, it's very high level. It's going to say, you know, um, renovation of playgrounds, 500 million. That's it. You don't know which playgrounds, you don't know when, you just know they're going to spend that over the next two years. The other one is the annual salary ordinance. Okay, so same thing, right? It's going to tell you how many um, youth commission staff uh, there are, uh, and you know you can find out how how much the uh, payroll for legislative aides are at the board of supervisors. Uh, but same thing, you're not going to know exactly, um, you know how many. Well, you can kind of figure out if you add all the numbers how many how many staff are at the Board of Supervisors, but it's not particularly transparent. The one document that maybe has some redeeming uh, qualities is the what is uh, friendly uh, in a friendly way called a budget book, uh, which has uh, some nice pictures, some nice charts, uh, and tells you some basic budget information for each department. Um, but the reason I tell you this story is not because I want you to remember there's three documents. It's just because I want you to remember that the budget process is on purpose, not transparent. And it's not transparent because then young people, seniors, communities of color, immigrant communities can't effectively participate in the budget. And it keeps it like a closed circle of privilege. So the, the city budget is a place that is really, really opaque and it is on purpose. Um, and so you also see that, this in the timeline, right? So th there are very few moments in which these budget discussion happen in public. There's the commission meetings in January and February, and then there's the debate at the Board of Supervisors. So out of 12 months of the year, you have roughly three, maybe four months in which there's a public debate about the budget, but the budget is, is worked on year around. The budget committee deliberates in June. Um, that's where the youth commission uh, usually does a presentation about their budget priorities and what you guys wanna see in the budget. Um, and in July, the full board of supervisors votes on the budget. So kind of to recap, we usually do this training in an hour and a half, and we don't have an hour and a half tonight. We had a lot less time, but I, if there are three things that I want you to remember um, leaving this, and then I'll take question is, one, the city has a lot of money. So don't let that discourage you when you look through your priorities and think about, hey, what do young people, what do everybody in San Francisco need? Don't let it discourage you that you're like, oh, you know, maybe San Francisco doesn't have enough money to build housing or San Francisco doesn't have enough money to like, you know, help people that are struggling on the street. It does. So remember that. Second is, hey, I really wish this was all easier to understand and easier to research and easier to find answers that are clear, like, hey, is the San Francisco Police Department hiring 20 people or not? Or is this park getting renovated or not? Or, you know, hey, what happened with all these promotions in the planning department? It seems like they have more managers than people that are managed over there. And the reason for that is that 
is privilege. <laughs> so the reason for the lack of transparency is the fact that so you get discouraged from engaging in this budget process. And the third thing is actually there is people power. And I think that I don't want you to leave this with like a big sense of discouragement and be like, you know, holy cow, I'm trying to watch my language. Um, there is nothing to do for me. Like as a young person, as a, an adult, as a senior, as an immigrant, as many of these people, I don't feel like this has, this allows me to participate in the process. And it's like, we, we've tried to make this process more accessible and we continue to try to make this process more accessible uh, by creating more uh, moments to participate. We've, in the last couple of years, yes, during the pandemic, but also hopefully going forward, we've allowed a video doc, uh, video presentations for uh, the budget, um, public comment day. We've allowed, of course, you know, remote participation. Uh, we've done hubs where you know people could go, for example, to hospitality house or other places in the city to provide public comment as a group and not just stand in line and wait for your line to be unmuted forever. Um, so you know there is an incredible amount of value and the work that you guys are going to engage in in the next few months developing your budget priorities. Um, and, you know, I worked as a legislative aide for two members of the Board of Supervisor. I was there for five years. And I can tell you that the work that you guys do in developing budget priorities is some of the most impressive stuff that I saw as a, a legislative aide around budget time. So, People are looking at it, people are reading your budget recommendation and your budget ideas. So I think it's it's really important to continue to engage in this process. I'll stop sharing, I'll shut up and see if there's any questions. All right, if it's a, a shy bunch tonight, I'll put my email in the chat. You can reach out and um, ask me any questions. Uh, if you uh, think of some, you can also email me if you wanna be added to our budget justice listserv, you'll get um, some of our information about hearings, about rallies and mobilization. Um, when we hopefully try to change more of how the budget is done, um, you can stay in the know. Uh, and so I really, really thank you, Chair, for um, inviting me tonight and for all of you for um, listening. Thank you, Matthias. Always so helpful and informational. Thank you for leaving your email and for the presentation. Yeah, I echo what Itzel said. Appreciate all the information you were able to share today, Matthias. Um, with that being said, are there any final questions? If not, um, we will move on to the next item. Staff, can you please call item six? Um, yes. 
Item six is youth commission business. All items to follow are discussion and possible action. Item six A is inform and decision. This is a first reading for resolution number 2022-AL-08. This is a resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under uh, California Government Code Section 5495-3E. As a sponsor, we have executive committee and as a presenter, we have executive committee. Please see document B. Okay, so um, this is, as a reminder, this is the same resolution that we pass at the beginning of every month for some context. Um, it just allows the Youth Commission to meet online, um, which all commissions except for the Board of Supervisors are instructed to meet. And so this resolution will be approved in the first reading. So I will be suspending the bylaws for this resolution as it does not need a second reading. Um, is there any public comment on this? Seeing none, um, are there any motions to suspend the bylaws? Motion to, uh, Santos motion to suspend the bylaws. Sean second. Thank you, Commissioner um, Santos. Sus motions to suspend the bylaws for this, um, seconded by Commissioner Shaw. Staff, can you please take a roll call vote? Yes, Commissioner Tanaka. Aye. Commissioner Aliotto Pierre. Aye. Commissioner Foley. Aye. Commissioner Shu. Aye. Commissioner Osfav. Aye. Commissioner Listana. Aye. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Fret is absent. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner Wynn. Aye. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Katubig. Aye. And Commissioner Santos. Aye. Already the motion uh, passes to suspend the bylaws. Thank you, staff. Um, are there any questions about this resolution? Okay, seeing none. Um, is there any public comment on this item? Seeing none, public comment is now closed. Is there a motion to approve or disapprove of this resolution? Motion to approve. Commissioner Shaw, second. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Wynn motions to approve of this resolution, seconded by Commissioner Shaw. Staff, can we please take a roll call vote? Yes, Commissioner Tanaka. Aye. 
Commissioner Aliotto Pierre. Aye. Commissioner Foley. Aye. Commissioner Shu. Aye. Commissioner Osva. Aye. Commissioner Listana. Aye. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner Wynn. Aye. Commissioner Shaw. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Katubig. Aye. And Commissioner Santos. Aye. Alrighty, the motion passes. Thank you, staff. Can you please call item seven? Item seven is committee reports. This is discussion only. Item seven A is executive committee. Item seven AA is LAO. Good evening, everyone. Uh, there is no youth re related legislation from last week's Board of Supervisors meeting. Um, so that concludes my report. Um, comms. Um, sorry. Um, okay. So for updates, um, pretty much we got a logo. Um, we have, we have our logos done for these four on five podcasts, um, and an updated logo for the use commission done. Um, we have been working on merch and we also weren't able to record the first of our podcast. Um, so we're like finding alternatives for that by possibly switching the topic because we weren't able to come in it. Um, and I, and we're also working on work group profiles. Emily, do you have anything to add? No. What? That's, that sounds good, Gabby. Okay, great. Um, thank you for all the hard work you put into the podcast. Um, next is general committee updates. Here we can share some notes um, with our conversation with the clerk and staff. Um, Itzel, would this be a good time for either you or I to recap the conversation? Yeah, we can recap it. Um, also, the other folks that were part of that conversation, I think feel free to share any updates. I did share the notes with everyone. So if you wanted to look at what exactly was happening, you can do that. Otherwise, we can just summarize here. Um, yeah, so would you like me to summarize, uh, Chair Zhang, or do you feel comfortable doing it? Um, you can do it, but... Just like to provide context, we had a meeting with um, the clerk of the board, Angela Carrillo, um, mostly about, yeah, like Itzel can summarize it, but I think some people didn't know that we had that meeting. Yeah, so I think last uh, week, the clerk had emailed all of the commissioners um, to see if uh, you all would be able to meet with her regarding like the staff transitions that are happening. And so 
Um, I know because it was short notice, not everybody was able to make it. And I think at that meeting, we had one, two, three, four, five, five or six commissioners who were present. Um, and so I think basically what was happening was just the, the clerk was um, using that as an opportunity to share kind of like any next steps of what's going to happen. As you all may know, this is technically my last day as youth commission staff. And so moving forward, um, there will be, there are no youth commission staff who are solely working on the commission. However, there are other clerks from the second floor who clerk uh, board of supervisor meetings and committee meetings who will be stepping in to clerk full youth commission meetings and executive committee meetings. Um, and that person has been identified as Elisa Somera. Um, and I do have her contact information that I will share via the signal. Um, and then also share the clerk's uh, cell phone number because they did make that known that they would like to have, they would like for you all to have her number in the event you have any direct questions. Um, and so I can share those in the chat. And then um, I believe Elisa will be the contact person for day-to-day -day youth commission operations. Um, and then if you have any questions around like appointments, meeting with your supervisors, any like, uh, questions around like your charter duties, uh, budget presentations, things like that, you can contact Angela via email or text. Um, and then, yeah, they were giving more information around like, when can you all meet in person? Um, I think that week, last Wednesday, um, a few of your peers presented to the budget and appropriations committee. And there were some of the budget recommendations that caught the clerk's attention and wanted to follow up on them. Um, two of those were, I think commissioner Zhang spoke to the fact that they're like, it's, it impacts commissioner's experience uh, when we are conducting remote work. Um, and so being able to understand when com commissioners on the youth commission will be able to return and um, there are some notes around like why that's not possible. Um, it's not only because you all are young people, it has to do with like different le legal logistics. Um, and then I think that was it. Um, yeah, recruitment for the Youth Commission is coming up. Um, but the clerk did say that now all of that will be held by her office. Um, they are working on hiring uh, youth commission staff. And I think the earliest that they said that they could hire somebody would be is uh, within three weeks. Um, and yeah, I think other of your peers asked questions um, and there was one more thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I think that's it for now. Um, for the other folks that were present, feel free to share any other information that was mentioned. Um, one thing that I'm not sure if you went over because my like internet quickly like cut for a second um it was that she 
wants or she said that we could possibly go back in person within two to three months but I don't know if she was just saying that like to as like a very rare possibility or if it was serious um so that's just something that I wanted to share as well as they offered support for um our recruitment and outreach yeah and then um aside from that one thing I didn't mention as well was is that uh the previous director Adele um will be supporting the clerk of the board during this time they haven't figured out like in what capacity Adele will be helping um but I can imagine that it will be around like setting up the recruitment process um speaking with you all around reappointments um and setting up like orientation for next year and possibly the bpp report for the end of this year um and so that's that's kind of all the information that we have right now um Esther, i'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this but do you know where we can find the advertised job like listing yeah um, yeah let me okay thank you let me add the links I, i'm not sure if they posted my position yet but i know that austin's position was posted um but if you go to this link hold on you will be able to find the different positions. So that link <clears throat> is for any job openings in the city and let me see if I can find the one specifically for, yeah, so they haven't opened up my position yet, but the community partnership specialist role has been added. So previous commissioners are encouraged to apply. Um, I think I have a few commissioners who I think I'm gonna nudge from the past um, who I think would be really good people for YC staff positions, but also if you all know anybody in your um, networks, you could also share this uh, job listing with them. Thank you, staff, for sharing that. Um, are there any further questions? I know it's a lot of information. Okay, um, I'm not hearing any other questions. So as for the next, did I hear something? If anyone has a question, feel free. Um, but yeah, for the next um, full Youth Commission meeting, I have in my notes that it will be conducted through Cisco WebEx. Um, Itzel, is this something that you went over? 
Yeah, I haven't gone through that yet. I plan to share those details in my staff report. Oh, got it. Okay. Sounds good. Um, if there are no further questions, we can move on. Um, staff, can you please call item eight? We forgot um, the OCOF uh, report. Apologies, yes. Um, OCOF or Commissioner Irigata, do you have any updates? Um, there are no updates. However, I did want to let my fellow commissioners know that the council has not met in over two years. I've uh, reached out to the OCOF, letting them know that as the OCF representative from the Youth Commission, I'm interested in giving my perspective to the council and I've done this in more than one occasion. Um, and the same, I've gotten the same response that right now there's not a, there's not a way to, um, to really send any, any information to, to the council since they're not meeting. So I just let them know that um, to please keep me in mind for any opportunities that I can be a part of. Um, so if I do hear of anything, I will let the, I will let y'all know, but that's, that's all. Thank you, Commissioner, for the update. Staff, can you please call item eight now? Yes, item eight is staff report. This is discussion only. Um, and I believe uh, the clerk of the board, Angela Calvillo, does have something that she would like to say. So, Clerk, uh, take it away. Good evening, commissioners, and hello, uh, Acting Director. Um, um, I just want to say I am in between meetings. I've just We just set up the redistricting task force uh, here on the fourth floor, and I ran down. I heard a part of the uh, report that Itzel had provided to you all, and I'm sorry I, I missed the beginning of it, but I wanted to just provide a little bit of information so that you can have some confidence that I do care that our whole office is uh, assisting you in each way that you need help. And so um, we did, as Itzel mentioned, we did post the uh, community partnership and we uh, specialist position we are waiting on uh, approval from DHR to post the development specialist. Um, we've already received the mayoral approval and just need to uh, finish that and then that will, will be posted in the same place as well. I will also have um, our HR director, Jessica uh, Wong, send something to uh, each of the commissioners so you will all have both recruitments so that you can send it out to your to to uh, to your contacts. We are also uh, working with City College to be able to send it out to their network as well, and we expect to get some good recruits pretty soon. Now, I have interviewed multiple individuals. Um, it is important, though, that the individual that we do hire uh, will come into the office and perform the work. Uh, here in the building so that there can be a space, your office can be opened. And so that that has been a challenge. But I think as the numbers, in, in, uh, can, uh, as, as the COVID numbers continue to decline, hospitalizations and those kinds of things continue to look better, the, the trend looks better. I, I am assured that we will be getting some individuals who are interested in working here on site. 
And that's not to say that there's going to be, you know, one or two days potentially that you can work off-site. So that's also a possibility. Um, I, I have made contact with the previous director who is not becoming an employee of the city, but will uh, assist me in just making sure that we are properly tending to some of the issues that Itzel and I and my staff have already reviewed uh, that still need tending to, that will impact uh, each of you, and uh, make sure that the orientation um, begins to get formulated for your approval. And I'm trying to think, I didn't, that's probably what I have at this point, but I'd love to be available for any questions that you uh, can think of or um, any clarity on some issues. Thank you, Clerk Leo, for um, the update. Are there any commissioners who have questions? Yeah, for the folks who are reviewing the notes um, and you weren't there in the initial uh, conversation, if you have any questions, now would be a great time. All right, to the commissioners, I, I want to make one last statement then before I leave. I have been the clerk of the board for 15 years. I have worked with multiple directors at the Youth Commission. The duties for the Youth Commission, ha although there is uh, some new challenges that you all face, the duties that have been outlined in both the development specialist and the community partnership specialist and those duties of the uh, director. Uh, I have worked with past directors over the year, about all three, over the years, for all three positions, so I am very aware of the issues that you all have encountered, uh, previous cohorts. The job duties are very similar from year to year, and so I just want you to know, I, if you take my number down, I, I would love, well, I won't say it over the air in case this is going out to the world, but I would like to make myself available to each and every single one of you, whether it's in the capacity of attending your commission meetings, although. Mondays are going to be hard for me for the next six weeks because of the redistricting task force, but we'll um, would love to sit with any of you or speak with you over the phone and answer any of the questions that you might have offline. Thank you for allowing me to uh, join your meeting this evening and to hear my comments. Thank you. We appreciate your willingness to um, give support. Okay. Um, staff, are there other announcements or reports you would like to make for this item? Yes. Um, yeah, I just wanted to formally say that um, this will be my last uh, full youth commission meeting that I'll be clerking. Um, and so we've had some conversations around that. And although it is my last meeting, I did want to just make myself available for in the future if you all have any questions or if you want to connect via LinkedIn, um, I will add in my LinkedIn profile link. I think I can do that to the chat um, and feel free to stay in touch. I will definitely still be bugging some of you um, to maintain a, a relationship and just be able to offer support as this year kind of ends, rounds out. Um, like uh, the clerk had mentioned, um, 
the the clerk or the person who will be clerking full youth commission meetings and executive committee meetings will be Alisa. Um, and she'll be working with the chairs to create agendas and post agendas and ask, answer any questions on the day to day. And then, um, yeah, kind of like what to Adriana was saying earlier. Um, so throughout this whole time, we've been using Zoom to conduct our meetings. And that has worked because um, either myself or Kylie had we're paying for the Zoom subscription out of our pocket to be able to conduct these meetings. Um, and the city doesn't support Zoom because they already have a contract with um, Microsoft and Cisco WebEx. And so for in the future meetings, like the next meeting for uh, March, you all will be transitioning back to Cisco WebEx. So if you were on the commission last year, um, you already know Cisco WebEx, you're familiar with the interface. If you haven't used Cisco WebEx for full youth commission meetings, um, I believe a guide to download Cisco WebEx onto, um, uh, to download, um, yeah, and I just received uh, a text from uh, the clerk, Angela, who said that you all can receive trainings. It's not that hard. It's just a different interface, um, but you will need to download it onto your computer um, and it'll be kind of like a separate software. Um, so wanted to give you all a heads up around that. I do see Commissioner Osfa has said that um, some of you do have Zoom accounts through your schools, um, which I believe have like unlimited um amount of recordings or like meeting times i'm not sure if that's something that you all can do i know that the clerk is still listening and so if there is a response for that for commissioners offering up their zoom accounts to to stay on zoom um it would be highly appreciated if we can get an answer if not uh commissioner osfa i can write down your question and make sure that you get an answer through the chair, Angela Calvillo, clerk of the board. I am still here. May I answer the question? Yes, you may. Okay. Yes, the only reason why we use WebEx now and in conjunction with Teams is because that is the only system that DT, the Department of uh, Technology, sorry, it used to be telecommunications 20 years ago, um, that is the only system that they will allow us to use. We have challenged them on that multiple times. We did not make it a thing with all of you because the less they know, the better. Um, but if the clerk's office is supporting it, we may need to uh, return back to WebEx and, and uh, Teams. We will uh, challenge them once again, since this is something that you've been using, wanting to make it easier on all of you, as is what, we've, what we always try to do for you all. And so we, we will be in touch with the members of the commission to let you know what it is that we'll end up doing, but uh, happy to challenge them again on your behalf. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Clerk, for the answer. Are there other uh, updates, announcements, or questions? Um, yeah, so instructions um, for Cisco WebEx in the event that Zoom isn't available will be sent out. And then I just wanted to make a general statement that I do have some pending tasks with uh, specific commissioners. And so if I had made a verbal commitment to either connect you to somebody or um, 
connect you to a resource or I know for comms, we had a lot of pending items. All of that will be uh, done on my end by the end of day Wednesday. And that concludes my report. Thank you, Itzel. Can you please call item nine? Yes, item number nine is announcements. This includes community events. So commissioners um, or staff, if you have any updates on community announcements, uh, district events, calls to actions, webinars, please feel free to share it here. Commissioner Oyagata, I see your hand. Yeah, um, I just wanted to let everybody know of an event that's happening spring break. It's from Monday, March 28th of Friday, April 1st. And it's gonna be for current SFUSD students who are juniors and seniors. Um, what's going to happen is that during this week-long period, there's going to be free workshops and events, um, college tours, job fairs for anybody that's interested in participating. So if you're, if uh, you or somebody that you know is interested in touring colleges and universities during spring break or looking to um, looking to participate in a series of workshops. Um, or even if you just want to gain more information on secondary options or higher education, I'd recommend um, becoming a part of this week-long program. It's going to be really fun. It's at uh, the Latino Task Force. I can send more information. And actually, it's a, I emailed it to you because I'm unable to, to send it via phone. So if there's a way that you can add that into the chat or email it to everybody else, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, no, just wanted to spread the word to everybody here. If you can send it to your connections or if you'd like to sign up yourself, I included the, the link where you can, you can register. Um, and yeah, that concludes my announcement. Thank you for sharing this opportunity. I added the flyer Amadeus to the chat. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, other announcements, opportunities, super cool. Yes, members of the commission, Angela Calvillo, clerk of the board, one last time, if I may, chair. Yes, go ahead. Thank you kindly. I would like to take this opportunity just to celebrate and thank Itzel because she has really been there for you, the lifesaver, the lifeboat. She really stepped up over the last several months to handle the business of the Youth Commission. Um, when her colleague left and her boss went out on leave, she really took, took the reins and steered you to through the end of your policy recommendations before the Budget and Finance Committee. So I just want to tell you thank you so much, Itzel. We are very proud of your work. We're very proud of, of um, how you are trying to pass on the knowledge of what yet still needs to be done. And you, 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 the commission, we're going to work very hard while we're balancing the redistricting task force, but the youth commission will be in very good hands because of all the work that you did to set us on a good path. So thank you so much. And we do wish you the best. We wish you very well in your future endeavors and um, hope that you don't, uh, that it, when you're passing through this way, that you just drop by and say hello. Let us know that you're doing well. So thank you for all your great work. Thank That's you, Chair. So much.
Thank you. I, yeah, could not agree with that more. Very excited for you, Itzel, and thank you for all of your work that you put into our commission to us. Okay. Um, are there other announcements, uh, community events? Yeah, I'm gonna cry if we don't end this. Okay, staff, can you please call item 10? Yeah, item 10 is adjournment. Okay, this meeting is adjourned at 6.25 p.m. Thank you everyone for coming. Thanks everyone. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, so. Bye. Thank you. Bye.